Okay, we are live. It is uh, Tuesday, July 13, and we just launched the Zoom meeting for today. This is summer school at the Bauer College of Business, University of Houston. And today we're going to talk about, well, we're going to do a review, investment review. So I'm going to cover three major topics. Um, I want to review the perfect investment. So we'll spend a few minutes on the perfect investment. And then I'm going to jump in and do a quick review of four investment strategies. And then our main topic today is tax-advantaged investing. So I'm going to show you three different buckets for taking advantage of the tax code with tax-advantaged investing. It's a huge part of investment strategy. And so those that's what we'll cover today. It's a lot to cover. Um, so I'm going to wait until 10.05 to get get going, but I wanted, for those of you who are on the call, either uh, in our Facebook live stream or our YouTube live stream or here with me in Zoom, welcome one and all. So we'll get started in just a couple of minutes. Let me do a few checks and uh, balances here. Let's see. <clears throat> all right. Thanks, Ray, for the sound check. And all right. So I'm going to give it a couple of minutes so we don't have to repeat everything we say in the first five minutes. Um, but I am going to just kind of while we get started so that um, whether you're watching live or you're watching later, um, <clears throat> we're getting close to the end of the semester, the summer school semester. It's quickly coming to an end. So today I'm going to review investments and then um, your assignment will be will include allocating some investments in your financial plan using what I teach you today about tax advantaged investing um, so your homework this week will be to learn about different types of accounts and so as you complete this week's homework assignment, you will have essentially completed the course with the exception of your capstone assignment. So your capstone assignment is where we bring it all together and every, every assignment that you've had throughout the semester, you've been building onto uh, like little building blocks inside your financial planning portal. And so uh, the capstone is where it just all comes together. If you've done each of the assignments and you've completed them correctly, then your capstone is really just a review, a time for you to go back in and look at each of the components or the elements of your financial plan. We call them data cards. So that's what the capstone is. It's just really assembling all of those pieces of that puzzle together and creating one PDF with your comments about what each of those elements were and what you learned in putting them together in your financial plan. So the capstone for most of you will be a very uh, easy assignment. It, like I said, it will be kind of a review assignment. Um, but for some, it may mean um, a little more work and tweaking if you missed assignments or if you uh, just didn't complete them correctly and you struggled a little bit, it's an opportunity for you to go back and just update your financial plan and your financial planning portal, each of those data cards that will be part of the capstone. So next week, um, I will do a review. You will do a review. Together, we will do a review of everything we've covered, each of the data cards in your financial plan so that you can better understand uh, and kind of firm up what you learned this semester about personal finance and the financial planning process. So that's what we will be doing next week. And then for those of you students who need extra credit, I promised some extra credit assignments. We'll save those until the end for the students who really need them. Uh, and so hopefully most of you won't need any extra credit. You need 950 points to get an A in the course. At the Bauer College of Business, there is no such thing as an A+. So it's 950 points. Um, you've had a lot of opportunity to learn, earn 950 points um, by doing assignments early. 
and you have a 200 point class participation coming so that hasn't been applied to your blackboard yet but it will be soon so you earned that throughout the semester by commenting on each of the uh, components assignments as we went through so you were on your own to kind of well sometimes I gave you a little direction but um, for most of the semester you guys have done a great job just you know looking for opportunities to comment and reflect and also to participate in group me where you get to answer questions ask questions and answer questions and that seems to have worked out pretty well so I'm hoping I'm hoping that everyone is feeling comfortable about earning those 200 points in class collaboration um, most of you if you've already got enough points to get an A there will be no question about whether or not you participated on the other hand if you've missed several assignments there will be a question about your class participation and so you may have to come up with a little bit of your own evidence to prove to me that you participated even though you may have missed some assignments so let's jump into the uh, lesson for today it is 10:05, so anyone who is going to be joining us is here because I'm not gonna uh, let anyone else join the zoom meeting at this point <clears throat> so I found most people are listening live or following, you know, just coming back and watching the video on YouTube or Facebook. So that's cool. Um, so let's start with a quick review of the perfect investment. Um, if you are listening or watching, feel free to put a comment in as we go. What is the perfect investment? You should know by now. Hopefully you've... Uh, figured out there is no such thing actually as a perfect investment but the closest thing I've ever found is matching your company 401k so this is a, a pretty important part of this course one of my goals every semester is to make sure that every single student who takes this course knows exactly what to do the day that they start their dream job after graduating from college when you sit down the first day with HR they're going to give you a lot of information and a big part of that is going to be benefits and so you're going to have to make some decisions when you sit in this meeting with HR human resources and one of the decisions you have to make is are you going to participate in the 401k plan and your answer should be yes you shouldn't even have to think about it the next part of that question on their forms is going to be okay if you're going to participate how much are you going to participate how much are you going to contribute to your 401k and so you know most of the time when someone graduates from college and they start investing in a 401k plan at work most of the time they don't feel comfortable maxing it out but I'll tell you the wealthiest people I know uh, that's exactly how they think is that they would max it out they would figure out how to cut back in other areas so that they can save more in a tax advantaged way so the perfect investment investing in your 401k involves investing in a certain type of bucket which we're going to cover today in the last part of today's lesson three buckets for tax advantaged investing well I'll just give you a little heads up the biggest bucket one of the biggest bucket the best bucket one of the best buckets <laughs> is your 401k it's a tax deferred 401k account that's a type of account so the perfect investment involves that one bucket called a 401k so when you're sitting there on day one at HR and you're trying to figure out what do I do here oh I remember we talked about this in personal finance and my goal is to make sure that on that day you have no questions and you're very confident in making the next couple of decisions rel relative to your participation in your 401k plan so first thing is you need to know what does the company match let's assume again in quick review that your company is matching six percent what do they match the six percent so let's assume again for easy math that you're going to be paid one hundred thousand dollars the company is going to match six percent how much is six percent of one hundred thousand dollars hmm 
okay, 6% of 100 is 6,000. 6% of 100,000 is 6,000. How much is that per month? How much is that per paycheck? Well, let's assume you get paid every other week. So that's, you get paid twice a month. So you would be investing $500 from each paycheck into your 401k. They would just deduct it. You don't have to do anything. That The company would just withhold that and they would shift that money into your 401k account. That's great. So if you did 6%, and you made a hundred thousand bucks you would be contributing six grand a year to your 401k the beautiful part is two beautiful parts so there's two huge benefits which is why I call this the perfect investment the first is that match remember you contributed six percent that's six thousand dollars well with a company match the six percent another six thousand dollars gets matched to your account. So now in your 401k instead of having $6,000 or $1,000 or $500 a month, instead of $500 a month you're actually getting $1,000 a month which turns out to be not $6,000 but do the math. How much is that? I'm going to give you a second to put a comment in before I answer it. 6% with a company match of 6%, assuming you make $100,000 a year, means you end the year with $12,000 in your account. Now, if you followed Dave Ramsey's baby steps, one of the big baby steps is to save for retirement. And the number he uses is 15%. And that's a good number that will help you achieve a very respectable retirement at a very respectable age if you can do that throughout your whole career. And so if you're doing what I'm saying to do using the perfect investment, you've already gotten to 12% because you put in 6%, the company put in 6%, that's a total of 12%. So ideally, I'm sure Dave Ramsey and I would agree, it's better if you can invest 15% of your income and then just fill up the buckets with as much as you can save. But this way you get to 12% of your income being put away for retirement in a tax deferred account namely a 401k and we'll talk about those buckets again soon the second big huge benefit of this perfect investment at least that's what I call it the uh, second huge benefit to investing in your 401k is the fact that when you sub when you put that six thousand dollars into your 401k the IRS looks at your income and they say instead of making a hundred thousand dollars this year <clears throat> because you deferred you contributed six percent six thousand dollars into your 401k which is a tax deferred tax deductible bucket the IRS says you only actually made ninety four thousand dollars therefore you only have to pay tax on ninety four thousand dollars so the second huge benefit to this perfect investment is the tax deductibility of your contribution. So you get the match, you get the deduction, it's a huge benefit in terms of moving the needle on your financial plan. So that's the perfect investment. And so then we transition into the four strategies. These are four investment strategies that are designed to help you maximize return and minimize risk. So that's what we're going to review real quick now. So again, we've got three big sections. The perfect investment, check that off the list. We just reviewed that. Now we're moving into these four investment strategies. Now, <clears throat> if you haven't watched the video on YouTube, uh, there is a video here. Uh, I put it in your playlist. So it is... Uh, week 10 investment strategies that's a good video to watch it's an hour long I would watch it in double time but in that video I go over these four investment strategies diversification asset allocation dollar cost averaging and portfolio rebalancing and these are the four investment strategies if you haven't spent sufficient time understanding 
asset classes, then these investment strategies will be pretty meaningless and not that valuable for you. On the other hand, if you spent just a little bit of time to understand what is an asset class, if, if you did your homework, in other words, then under, and then watched the, you know, followed the lesson on these four different investment strategies, then something will begin to happen you'll start to see why these four investment strategies are so powerful and why they work so well to build wealth. Again, these are four investment strategies designed to maximize your returns over time and minimize your risk at the same time. So they're super, they're, they're so effective in terms of strategies and they're so simple to put into place especially in the context of your 401k so at the end of today's or in the next section I'm going to go over three different tax buckets you can take these same strategies and these same the same approach and use them in all of your different buckets but it's just real easy to understand these strategies and put them to work in your 401k so when you're investing at work and the company's matching it and you're using these strategies, you will have an outcome that will be significantly better than if you just invest with no plan, with no strategy. So I promise you these strategies work really, really well. And they're designed especially for younger people who have a long time horizon. So if you're just in this course to get an A, good for you. I hope you get an A. But whether you get an A, a B, or a C, or you just withdraw from the course, I hope that you'll take what you can learn in this lesson, in this section on investments, and really apply these four investment strategies in your 401k, in your IRA, in your taxable accounts. Because if you do, you will become a fearless investor with the confidence and the absolute assurance that you're doing the right thing. No matter what the market does, you're going to be building wealth. So the four investment strategies, again, uh, diversification, you may recall, if you didn't watch the video, I told a story, I tell the story about Enron and what happened at Enron. And the bottom line is, if you, if you diversify, if you don't put all your eggs in one basket, then you will have a much better result. If you put all of, if you get the idea that you're going to put everything into your company stock, and that's what happened to the folks at Enron, the leaders at Enron convinced the employees that they should put as much money as possible into their company stock. And of course, they were cooking the books, they were not honest people, and the employees took a huge hit and ended up, many, many of them ended up with nothing because they weren't diversified. On the other hand, there were some very smart people who I worked with at Enron who understood diversification. And they said, I'm not going to invest all of my 401k in Enron because that's like really dumb. If you lose your job, if Enron goes out of business, which it did, then you not only lose the investment in the stock that you invested in, but you lose your career, <laughs> you lose your paycheck. So that's like double diverse. I mean, it's just like, it's like undiversification. It's not smart. So that's why diversification is very simple, yet very important, very powerful strategy that you need to be applying in your, in your investment plan. The next is asset allocation, and it's a little bit more complicated, and again, asset allocation is one of those things where you have to understand a little bit about different types of asset classes. So I hope you took advantage of the learning opportunity this week just to start to begin to realize the difference between a small cap stock, a large cap stock, a bond, an international stock, an international bond, gold, precious metal, bitcoin, these are all different asset classes and they all move differently when the market does certain things. And so by having good uh, 
asset allocation in your investment portfolio over time, it is the single most important determinant of your portfolio's returns. So asset allocation is hugely important, but you have to understand asset classes to really have a chance of taking advantage of uh, good old-fashioned asset allocation. It's not hard. It's something you're going to want to continue to learn about throughout your investing life. It's worth learning about. Um, so I would encourage you to learn about asset classes. Just take a little bit each week, read a little bit. And then, um, so this is diversification. This was the, the picture that I have in my book uh, in all my books that about diversification. So in the old days, in fact, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, he's a big proponent of mutual funds. Mutual funds used to be a great invention until ETFs came along. And that's not something I'm going to get into in this lesson, but I would encourage you to understand the difference between a mutual fund and an index fund and an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, ETF. Um, so I love ETFs. I would encourage you to really get to know ETFs. Whenever you have a chance to invest in an ETF, I would do so because it's better than a mutual fund because it has lower fees and you get the same diversification. So this image though is, is illustrating a mutual fund and what you have on the left is this very scary experience of the cable on the elevator breaking because there's just one company in this investment. So on the other one you see there's all these other multiple cables. These represent different companies and the manager of the mutual fund that person's responsibility is to be constantly inspecting each of the cables, each of the companies that are in the mutual fund. That's theoretically what a mutual fund manager would do, is inspect all of those cables and replace them when they're some of the, when it's not a great investment, when that cable is weak. So that's the idea of diversification. Lots, lots more I could say about that. I'm not going to accept to help you understand that you do not want to put all your eggs in one basket. And this is a, an image to make you smile and help you remember diversification. So uh, asset allocation, again, is the number one strategy that determines the outcomes of your, the outcome of your portfolio. So uh, my favorite is, uh, and this is an article I just wrote. I think you have this in your money study group. I can send it to you. If not, it's just a, a combination of a lot of the content that you've already studied in your homework this week. But dollar cost averaging is one of the most powerful strategies. It's probably my favorite. It's definitely my favorite story to tell. So in that video that I posted in your playlist, there's a I go over the four strategies, and one of them is dollar cost averaging. And to illustrate it, I use the story of uh, Farmer Joe. So if you haven't heard the story of Farmer Joe investing in cows, you definitely don't want to get through this week without watching that part of that video. So um, it's, it's a great illustration of an incredibly helpful uh, strategy. And this strategy, more than any other, helps you m manage the risk and opportunity in investing over the long term, no matter what the market does. So there's going to be times when the market is going to be way up with dollar cost averaging. You set a systematic approach where you're investing a set amount into each asset class. And when the those asset classes are extremely high priced, you're only buying that set amount. But on the other hand, when those asset classes crumble when they have pullbacks and when they have absolute you know things happen over the course of your investing career where those asset classes are just going to collapse and then you're still investing a set dollar amount into those asset classes and just like the cows in the story about farmer joe at those times you're able to buy more with the same set dollar amount and over time this strategy of dollar cost averaging has a huge impact on building wealth so definitely get to know these four strategies um, diversification asset allocation dollar cost averaging and then the last one 
is uh, portfolio rebalancing. So uh, portfolio rebalancing, I think of, I used to be a master mechanic, and when you balance a tire, you have a round circle that's perfectly balanced. But what happens in a portfolio, if you think of a pie chart, is your different asset classes get out of balance. So if you look at the NASDAQ or a tech stock, those have gone so high that if you had a balanced portfolio where the NASDAQ or a tech stock was 25% of your portfolio, well, it might have grown 50%, which is more than the other sectors grew, the other asset classes, and so therefore, your pie chart would be out of balance. So asset, or portfolio rebalancing rather, is simply a periodic or systematic way to sell off some of those huge winners so that you can buy some of those asset classes that that may have shrunk and so it's like dollar cost averaging except it's not money going into the market it's taking your account and just rebalancing it it's another powerful strategy that will help you build wealth over time so those are the four investment strategies designed to help you maximize returns and minimize risk and you should really get to know them because they're super effective, super simple, and you can start using them right away. Whether you're investing in your 401k at work or a taxable account at, I don't want to say Robinhood because that's a whole other story, but if you're investing in a, in, in a couple of ETFs where you're getting good diversification and you're just putting your money in monthly, it's, these strategies will work really well for you, whether you're a do-it-yourself investor or you're using the options that you have at work in your 401k. So now I want to transition into the uh, I want to transition into the last part of today's lesson, which is tax advantage investing. And what it is is really just taking your investments and making sure that they're allocated to different types of accounts. So we have three basic buckets that I want to make sure you understand. And to do that, I have some buckets. These are actual buckets. And I'm going to use these to illustrate. But I also want to use your financial planning portal because your homework this week is to actually go into your financial plan and make some changes with respect to allocating your investment accounts uh, in a way that allocates them in different tax buckets. So you'll see that. Now, I want to just kind of play around in a plan. I'm in a student's plan here. I hope you don't mind. Uh, and I'm just going to show you. So we could go to um, tax right here. If I click on tax, it's going to... Sh now, we're, this is beyond the scope of your course. This is not something you have to learn. This is not something you're going to even do for your capstone. I just wanted to kind of give you a taste of why this is important from a financial planning perspective. So if you have assets in different tax buckets, you have a lot of different options. So one of the options we get to look at is how are we going to distribute funds from your retirement accounts? When you get ready to retire, which accounts are we going to use to pay you? Because that's really what you're doing in retirement planning is you're saving money today so that you have it to use later on. And one of the big keys, one of the big challenges, one of the big opportunities that you have when you do financial planning like this is you put money into different buckets so that when you start taking the money out, when you get ready to retire, when you stop collecting a paycheck and you start paying yourself, you want to be able to take that money out or create distributions. That means you're distributing money from your accounts into your checking account so that you can spend it on travel, gasoline, and food, and all of the things you're going to need when you retire that are called living expenses. Those distributions need to be done in a more tax-efficient way so that you pay less tax and you get to receive more of that money yourself. Huge important part 
of the whole planning process. So again, we're not going to do this. I mean, this is beyond the scope of the course. I just wanted you to see that within your financial plan, you have opportunities to, just like you did with debt strategies, just like you did with asset allocation, you have ways that you can go into your plan and say, let's look at some different scenarios. What if we did it this way versus that way? And so if you have money set aside in different tax allocations, different types of accounts, you will have a lot more options to maximize your your income without paying taxes. So that's a big part of financial planning. So anyway, back to investments. This is what you're going to be doing in your plan. You see we have, so I'm in investments. You can see that's that's just like what you should see in your plan. You go to tax allocation and you'll see here that you've got taxable asset, tax deferred asset, tax free asset. So that's what I want to cover for just a few minutes as I show you these different buckets. And if I have time, I'll come back to this little tool right here, which is, in my opinion, in my opinion, just my opinion, this is the key to building wealth. And everybody should have this key to building wealth. It's something I want to, you know, I tried to teach to my kids. It's something I'm trying to teach to Caleb and Maddie, my little grand um, peeps. And this represents, oh, I'll just tell you, this little dude right here represents work. Getting a job, doing a job, figuring out a way to add value. If, if you don't do this, if you can't do this, if this isn't something that's part of your DNA, I would encourage you to find one of these. And it, I, I use a shovel here because when I was young, you probably heard this story already, but when I was young, I grew up in a family that my dad worked and my mom didn't. And we didn't, we didn't think we were poor. I don't think we were poor, but we certainly didn't have extras with four kids at the time. We ended up with five kids. But I, um, I wanted some leather Converse tennis shoes. And at the time, my mother bought tennis shoes at Kmart, and we bought those canvas Converse tennis shoes, which are really cool today, but back then they were like the most basic tennis shoe you could buy. And so we had a choice. We could either get black or white. And we usually chose black because they didn't get dirty so fast. Um, but anyway, they were four bucks a pair. But then Dr. J, Julius Irving, came out and he started to endorse leather high top canvas, not canvas, leather high top converse tennis shoes and they were everybody wanted them they were really cool so I'm like hey mom can you get me those and she said no they cost ten dollars instead of four dollars yeah that's what they cost back then so I was like mom please and she said ask your dad so I did I went and said dad I really want these tennis shoes instead of those can you can I do that would you do that He's like, no, I won't do that. But here's what I will do. And this is what kind of changed my life as a, I guess I might, must have been 10 years old, maybe 11. I think I was 10. And I was a big 10-year-old, okay? And I lived in Michigan. And it snowed a lot and happened to be winter when I had this conversation with my dad. And my dad said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you borrow my sh snow shovel. Now, Eventually, he said, you've got to get your own snow shovel, but I'll let you borrow my snow shovel. And we had just gotten, like, a lot of snow. <laughs> I want to say two feet. I mean, I was a little kid, so it seemed like it was piled up as high as I was, but it wasn't that tall. But it was covered the neighborhood. And so my dad said, here, you take this shovel, you go knock on the door, and you ask the neighbors if they would like you to shovel their snow shovel their driveway shovel their sidewalk do a good job and they'll pay you money and then you can buy those tennis shoes and I was like no way I'm gonna give that a try so I did it was Saturday I went out knocking on doors with my new snow it wasn't even a new snow shovel it wasn't even my snow shovel in fact I was told very clearly if you break it you're gonna buy me another one <laughs> but my dad taught me a lesson that day that has changed, it changed my life forever because I discovered, I learned, I understood, 
and I came to believe that if I was willing to work and find something that somebody needed and figure out how to do it and get the right tools to do it, I would always have work and I would always have money and that's been my life story. I've always had work and I've always had money and I've always had a tool and try to find the best tool to do the job, not the cheapest tool. So if I, got a, if I bought a snow shovel, I'd get a good snow shovel. And then I got smart enough to figure out I could buy two snow shovels and I could get a friend to help me so that I could go knocking on doors and I could get two friends who are actually doing the work. I figured that out very early in life. But the key is to find something that can help people where you can add value by doing what you can do. So this is key to building wealth and that's part of, that's just part of the coursework, this little pink shovel. So next step was to get a lawnmower. Dad let me borrow his lawnmower and I went out and started the same customers who hired me to shovel snow, hired me to cut their grass. And then in the fall, they had all these leaves falling from their trees. Those same customers hired me to rake the leaves. Some of them hired me to pull weeds from their garden. Some of them hired me to help them build a garden as I got a little older. I'm just telling you, I learned to build a business in my own neighborhood with the most basic things that I never would have figured out if I didn't want those tennis shoes and if my dad hadn't said no. I'm not buying them for you. You can buy them yourself. I was like 10 years old. So I want you to learn that lesson. It's important. So back to the buckets. These are the buckets. There's actually four buckets here. The first bucket I want to show you is this big blue bucket. And then I'm going to talk about this brown bucket. And then I've got this bucket that's not quite as big. It's hard to tell, but depending on where I hold them. Anyway, this is bigger, this is a little smaller, and this bucket right here inside of this bucket is smaller yet, and it's gold, it's got gold inside. It's a really cool bucket, so we'll talk about this. By the way, I'll just tell you, this represents a tax-free investment, the Roth IRA. This bucket is gonna represent a tax-deductible IRA. It's a little bit smaller than this big brown bucket, which represents your 401k. It's, it's a relatively big bucket. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm hearing from Ray. Ray, did you want to say something? I'm not hearing you, buddy. Okay, so not sure what happened there. All right. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. So we've got these four buckets. First one I want to talk about is just this big blue bucket. This is what we would call a taxable bucket. So the taxable bucket can contain anything. It's unlimited in size. So anything you want to put in this bucket, you can put in this bucket. It is uh, taxable though. So the problem is, let's say I invest in something like Apple stock. In 2009, Apple stock was trading at 125 bucks a share. And if you watch that video on investing, I think I go through the what's happened with Apple stock since then, but the bottom line is it's it has gone up so much since 2009. And so, like any investment, if I would have invested in Apple stock in this type of account, a taxable account, then what would happen is whenever I sell that Apple stock, I have to pay taxes. That's why this is a taxable bucket. It's unlimited in size. I can put, it represents everything I own. Okay, so it could be, it could be my house, my iPhone, my computers, my Apple stock, all of my my cash in my banks it's a taxable account so there are tax consequences especially to the investments that I hold in this bucket so everybody can have one of these it doesn't take anything special but that's a taxable account and right now this plan that I'm looking at has only taxable assets so 
We talked about the perfect investment. This is, again, representing your 401k. It's a very important type of account, your 401k, but it's not just 401k. Let's say you're a teacher, and you're going to learn this this week. You're going to do a little study on types of accounts. But the 401k represents the employer plan. It comes in different variations, though. If you work for a corporation, it's a 401k. That's, that's the paragraph in the tax code, 401k, it's paragraph 401, paragraph K. And that's where the rules, boundaries, and limitations are listed for your 401k account. And so the 401k, it's a pretty big bucket because you can put a lot of money in your 401k. If you're self-employed, it might be a SEP or a simple uh, simple IRA. So that if you're self-employed, it's different than if you work for a corporation. Uh, and then on the other hand, if you're, like I said, a teacher, that would be a 403B. That's a different type of account. I mean, it's not a different type of account. It's just a different part of the tax code. It's a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same. If you work for the government, it may be a 457 plan if you're in the military. Um, so I just want to identify this type of bucket, depending on who you work for, the 401k bucket. It's a big bucket. It's your employer bucket. And so when you leave your employer, whether it's a school and a 403b account or a corporation with a uh, 401k account or the government with a 457b account, when you leave that employer, you have the option of rolling that money from your 401k into an IRA. IRA, do you know what that stands for? IRA stands for, you would think it's individual retirement account, but that's not actually correct. It's individual retirement arrangement. So that's what the IRA is for. Now it's very similar to the four, to the 401k. If you put money into this, it's tax deductible, just like the 401k. You don't get a company match though because it's individual. And so when you leave a job though, you roll your money into an IRA and then you get to manage it with really unlimited options as opposed to your 401k. The only options you have in a 401k are the options that your employer gives you. So the IRA, it's yours. You get to, you can put it at Robinhood. You can put it at uh, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. That's my favorite. Um, there's lots of different custodians that you can set up your IRA. You have to set up that account, and then you can roll over the money from your 401k into your IRA. So we started with a taxable account. And then we identified the 401k account. And then we identified the IRA, tax deductible IRA. And now I want to talk about the most special tax-free account, which I, is a Roth IRA. And it, it's very similar to a, a tax deductible IRA. So you're going to learn a little bit about the rules, your homework assignment is going to be to tell me what are the rules and the boundaries, the limitations. How much can you contribute to a Roth IRA? How much can you contribute to an IRA? And you're going to have to do a little research and figure that out. And what are the differences? Well, the main difference is they're both tax qualified accounts. So they're both better than different than this taxable account. They have their own set of benefits, but they also have their own set of rules, boundaries, and limitations. So the biggest difference between the tax deductible IRA and the tax-free Roth IRA is that this one is tax-deferred and this one is tax-free. So what does that mean? So if I put money into an IRA, Let's, I'm 59 years old, so this year I can put $7,000 into an IRA. Or I can put $7,000 into a Roth IRA. Or I could put $3,500 in this one and $3,500 in this one. Seven grand is the maximum that I can contribute to an IRA. However I want to configure that, seven grand is the max. Now, <clears throat> if I put 7000 in this one, 
I get to deduct it from my income taxes. This is a tax deductible IRA, just like that 401k. Remember, you contribute six grand. The IRS says you made only 94 grand instead of 100 grand. So let's say I make 100 grand this year and I have my own company. So let's say I never got around to setting up my own uh, retirement plan at my company. I'm, I own my own company. And so I'm just going to be lazy and I'm going to contribute to my IRA. 7,000. So now the government says I only made 97,000 or $93,000 because I put seven grand in this one. That makes sense, right? Now, what if I say, you know what? The problem with that is I'm 59 and next year I'll be able to start taking money out of my IRAs if I want to. When I take money out of my IRA, guess what I have to do? let's say it's next year and I'm not making any money anymore and let's just say that my expenses in retirement are I don't know let's say ten thousand dollars a month that's not terribly unreasonable it's a little high it's more than I would it's, it's not really that much more than I spend honestly so if I did need a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year for my expenses I'm gonna have to take it out of my IRA so when I take 120 grand out of my IRA, what does the IRS say I just did? They say I just made 120, 120 grand in income, which means now since I got to deduct it from my income for all those years, whether I did it in a 401k or an IRA, I got to deduct it from my income. But now that I'm using that money to live on, I just created income, which means now I got to pay back the income tax. So you see the problem there? I probably want to learn how to live on $50,000 a year because if I can live on $50,000 a year from my IRA, I'm only going to have to pay taxes on $50,000. That's smart. So I want to figure out how to avoid having a big income stream from my taxable or my tax deferred accounts because that's going to create taxable income that's going to eat away at my net how much I have to spend so that's where this comes in this Roth IRA if I put my seven thousand dollars in the Roth IRA I don't get a tax deduction but when I take the money out I pay no taxes it's tax free imagine if I would have bought Apple stock in 2009 and just had Apple stock in my Roth IRA if I think I covered that in the video that I put a link to the playlist if you want to see how ridiculously amazing that would be for someone who was smart enough to invest in Apple stock in their Roth IRA in 2009 the wealth that they would have built in a tax-free account would be really remarkable okay that's significantly better than what they would have done if they invested if I would have invested which I did invest in Apple stock I didn't put all of my money in Apple stock just a little and then I sold it way too soon <laughs> but the point is if I would have done it in this account and now I would say have two million dollars profit from my Apple stock from a hundred thousand dollars investment if that's if that's what I had done in this account when I take the two million dollars out whether I do it over a number of years or all at one time I'm going to have two million dollars of income that I have to pay income tax on as opposed to this account if I would have done it in this account and made all that profit now I could sell Apple stock and not have to pay tax on the gains so your challenge is for you to understand the differences and start to think about the benefits of having a tax deductible account and start to play with your financial plan to see what that looks like if your plan had a better allocation tax allocation to different types of accounts so that's going to be what you do in your financial plan this week once you start to understand these different types of accounts so the first thing you have to do
is just learn what are the different types of accounts. This lesson should have helped you take a big steps take big steps towards understanding different types of accounts. So in the past I've talked to hundreds of people, students and clients, who think of a Roth IRA as an investment or they think of their 401k as an investment. The reality is those are not investments. They're types of accounts. Very important to your financial planning, to your financial plan is to have the right types of accounts. People who just go through their life and never set up tax deductible accounts end up with a lot fewer options that are way more expensive because of taxes. So this whole idea of tax advantaged investing, which is one of the three laws of personal finance, that's what we're focusing on in this section. That's what this week's uh, lesson is all about. This week's assignment is for you to kind of wrap your head around the benefits of tax-advantaged investing. And the way that works is to do a little tax allocation with your accounts. So I want you to go take your plan and put some money in. This is kind of make-believe money so that you can see how it works in your plan. And ideally you would have 50000 in each of these different buckets so that you can go into your plan and see how that looks. How does that move the needle? So you're doing the same thing you've done in the past when you had the, the debt. You did the credit crush assignment to see how it moved the needle for you to take different strategies for paying off your debt and that made a difference in your plan and then we did asset allocation and you look to see how does different asset allocation move the needle how does different contributions if you put a little more in your 401k if you retire a little bit later all of these things make a difference in terms of moving the needle this week you're just taking a look at tax allocation and I promise you the more money you accumulate the more wealth you accumulate the more critical tax allocation is. And so with the investment strategies that you learned, including the perfect investment and taking advantage of that, ma that match, if you take what you learned just in this lesson and you apply it, it can really move the needle in your real life plan. So let's go play with your financial plan and see how you can move the needle just by tweaking a few things with imaginary money so that when you start to make real money, you have a much better basis, a much better uh, confidence level in changing things around so that you know with confidence how you're going to move the needle for your financial life. So I hope that helps. I'm going to wrap it up there and look and see if anybody has any questions before I shut it down. So let's see the chat. I don't see any questions in the chat. Alrighty. I'm going to end it there and I'll see you next week and I'll see you in GroupMe and if you have any questions you know how to reach me. So have a great week.